and welcome to the What They Don't Tell You About Surviving Medical School podcast. I don't know, what episode is this? Eight or something? Nine? Yeah. I lost track after right. six. like that. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing good work. Um, <laughs> we are coming at you today with a guest, uh, Danny Mohama, who is in my, my medical school class. Um, this episode was, was sort of born on Danny and I were just talking and he said he had listened to, um, the pod on, on my story and wanted to ask some questions about it. And this is sort of, sort of the conversation we had and, um, hopefully give you some tips on dealing with similar times to, uh, what Danny and I are kind of experiencing right now or, or something of the like, cause everyone in COVID is sort of in a new territory. So that was a lot of talking, but, um, we are going to go around and do picks of the week. I think, uh, everyone is familiar with that. Yeah. Who wants to start? What's occurring over there, bud? Yeah, mate. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take I'll take this one. So, um, Joe, uh, well, you know, one of the co-hosts, uh, as as you know, second year resident family medicine at St. John's program. Uh, pick of the week for me. Uh, I uh, I run for the Collegeville track club team. Don't really do much running anymore, but I'm technically a member. And uh, another guy on the team and I have kind of rebooted a podcast that um, especially during COVID has been really fun because it's kind of a way for the team to, um, you know, like everyone listens to it and then talks about it on our group feed. And so we recently unearthed, unearthed the podcast from like the 2012 era when it was completely different people doing it. So um, listening to those has been my oh, favorite nice. week. It's just been absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I bet it's, it's cool. interesting to see the dynamics of the team back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's super funny because you know all the people, right. um, but it's just a different time when, you know, I was in college then, you know, had no clue who these guys right. were. So, yeah, it's really what do you funny. guys talk about on the podcast? Just shoot the shoot these. Uh, there's like different topics people will send in, but essentially we have a guest on every week and we just kind of ask them about their life story. And then we'll just fire like random questions out there like what's the what's your favorite race shirt that you've ever gotten or something like that you know <laughs> weird stuff yeah. like that but it's good it, you learn a lot about all your team members my favorite race shirt would have to be the uh bj finisher from grandma's <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a great one. Oh my gosh <laughs> for those who do not know that it was the half marathon shirt for grandma's and it was supposed to say 13.1 but the way that they spaced the letters out it looked exactly like it said bj oh. <laughs> so, well done well done yeah that was what like 2013 14 15 yeah no it was actually was i think that was 2012 or oh 11. really yeah, 2012 it must have been because that's when Brian was running the most. I would would have when I be, when I beat you because you had the poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's come up two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, someone else pick yeah, of the week. Yeah, Brian, what you got? Uh, well, <sighs> since we're on the topic of BJ finishers, um, I've been <laughs> I've been getting back into to running. Actually, I was before. <laughs> I actually, after step one, I think I weighed like as much as I've ever weighed in my life. I, weighed, uh, <laughs> I went to Colorado and and uh, came back and I weighed 190 pounds. Like, I mean, I was I was good lifting, for you. So it wasn't all just chunk. But wait, uh, what are we comparing it to, though? Can we get a starting I, starting? Weight? I don't know. When I graduated college, I probably weighed like 155, 160. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, just chunked up got some got right some on. muscle but chunked up and then didn't throughout m3 year like kind of ran but didn't really get back into it seriously and now that i'm in this weird limbo with covid i've like been running like like a lot nice so, like i did a 10 mile the other That's day awesome. i've been doing shit on the track so yeah so getting my fitness back and it feels it feels good what track do you go to is it like a high school it's track a high or school something one like that? that's not open right now so i climb the fence um, nice <laughs> good for you yeah but uh, yeah, and I got a friend who comes and does repeats with me. It's actually his birthday today, so happy nice. birthday, James! 
<laughs> yeah, yeah tight. That's what I got. Nice. Danny, what do you got Wonderful. over there? Yeah, so uh, Danny here, obviously guest. Haven't been on the podcast earlier. Thanks, guys, for inviting me. Um, yeah, pick of the week for me. Um, probably, so Sam and I graduated from medical school this past Friday, May 1st. Um, and that was a phenomenal day. Usually, like, I feel like graduation days or those big momentous <coughs> days are, like, part like half stress and then half good uh yeah you know like the stress for me comes from like the big gathering saying congratulations to people i talked to once in medical school <laughs> and sure. like you know right. the, the obligatory family pictures and my family just does kind of introduces a little more stress sometimes than uh than uh, i ask for but obviously sure. i love them um <laughs> uh but for this one the commencement was virtual um, so I did it in my studio apartment here and I've been kind of quarantining with my girlfriend and then her sister and his, uh, fiance who, uh, coincidentally is one of my good high school friends. Um, hmm. so we have our tight community here and we just, um, uh, and my brother too. And we kind of just spent the day together. We ordered from Tommy's pizza and wings. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but it is mm-hmm. like my best wings in the cities in my opinion and we just mm. ordered oh way over the amount that we could eat and i had an unbelievable amount of food and uh some good well beer done. and great company so it was a it was a great day it was a great evening nice, man yeah congrats that was a big smashing day. thank you minted doctors thank you yeah and danny where, where are you doing your residency i'm doing it at the university of minnesota for internal medicine oh nice yeah yeah, so excited. Nice. That was a good shout, Danny. Thanks. Um, I My pick of the week this week is uh, Tim Walls. Yeah, Tim. He's uh, He's been uh, – I feel like he fulfills like a spot in my heart that was missing after Obama left oh. office where uh, you're just – it's just refreshing to see a politician that handles himself with grace and uh, isn't a complete idiot. Can talk. Yeah. He's a good leader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brad, you're probably not as privy with Minnesota no, politics now. No, I'm not. Um, but I think I know who you're jabbing, so. <laughs> oh, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I also, I was riding today, not to prolong things, but uh, I was like having just a ball of a ride um, on my road bike and I had music in and I must have not heard my wheel pop. Uh So I was like riding, I don't know for how long on my back wheel that was popped. So the there's like a little chip in the carbon like on the brake uh pad whatever like where the brake interfaces with the oh, the wheel yeah. so i'm a little worried about uh. it but um yeah i don't know i'll have to ask the experts mm. probably my roommate jack uh. wait is that any aren't kicks of the week supposed to be positive sam <laughs> yeah sorry i just had to share it's kind of distressing there was too much man. positive this week so thanks yeah, yeah balance it out yeah well okay we'll get to the the meat of the episode so um danny's gonna sort of talk about um what i introduced and um bring us through sort of how he's been feeling lately and and then we'll sort of ask questions and and add on points when necessary and or wanted and yeah let's do it yeah um so i guess this podcast or the topic of this podcast was born out of a conversation I had with Sam a few days ago um, or last week or sometime where I was I kind of just told him that uh, I appreciated listening to his story that he shared on a recent podcast about um, some of what he has dealt with as far as anxiety goes and those are very similar to the problems that I've had um, for as long as I can remember mainly I would say generalized anxiety And in the past, I have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder as well, Um, which is more kind of like, for me, uh, obsessive thoughts and then ruminating for the compulsion part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is uh, uh, something that at the time um, I thought I was kind of alone in dealing with, but increasingly hearing about other people's stories, um, it seems like it's more common than I thought. But mm-hmm. uh, more recently, I've been experiencing more anxiety. Um, and coincidentally, I've had a lot of time off because as fourth year medical students, it's kind of an interesting year where a lot of time is spent in the residency application process and interviewing and you fulfilled a lot of your requirements. So um, there's just kind of more room for not only elective work, but just literally, I mean, time off of being in the hospitals and with all of this COVID stuff going on right now, um, a rotation abroad was canceled for me in April, but I had already fulfilled all my requirements anyways. So I've been off since the end of February and it's currently May whatever it is, May 3rd. Um, And my whole life, um, and this is probably similar for you guys too, but my whole life, I feel like has been dominated by getting fulfillment from getting tasks done. And for sure, Mm -hmm. I grew up in kind of a, a family that really valued work ethic. Uh, come from an immigrant family. My parents are from the Middle East. Um, so the idea of work ethic is uh, especially strong for them. So uh, uh, the idea of get your work done and then play is very strong for me. And But now with no work to do, really, it's kind of like <laughs> where, uh, you know, what is there that I can get done so I can, I feel like I can have the free time I deserve. And Mm-hmm. While I'm not objectively like thinking that all the time, I feel like I start days kind of a little aimless. I don't know what to do. I'm uncomfortable with the idea of like just doing nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And that has like uncovered some other anxieties. Like I feel like I've become a little bit more irritable. Um, just, just kind of picked some conflicts that are not worth picking in my relationship. And like, so it, it's, been a little overwhelming i have to say at times and um so i kind of just told sam that i'd been feeling a little bit overwhelmed by this free time and not having responsibility and um i've I've never taken any medication for my anxiety in the past but i also kind of raised that too because i know sam had decided to do that uh as well um i in college or something sam i i I forgot or in early medical school yeah early medical school yep um so yeah i I just wanted to discuss that a little bit further see if that's something that uh uh, you all in the past have have felt or kind of you know solutions and and the part about taking medications that you feel have has helped with the whole process too i think that's a super interesting point as far as the like you know as a pre-med and then definitely thereafter, you just have this, it's just ingrained in you, like the productivity and the constantly needing to accomplish things and have goals and yeah. really get kind of, you can get very easily lost and buried in it. And then that can just carry into being, not that I am a physician yet, but I'm speaking more like attending life, you know, once you're quote unquote training is done mm-hmm. you're just you can be that's you can see how yeah yeah you I, I was gonna to say like that outside of that really right mm-hmm. yeah i i remember going through um the exact same thing when i finished up my fourth year as well when i was done with all the rotations like Sam can probably remember too. Um, it was a time where I'm, I was just like, well, okay, what the heck can I do? I mean, I feel like I should be getting so many things done. I had that same exact thought. And so I was like, well, what, what can I do that would be like something to do? You know, I'm like, can I take classes or do something like that? And I didn't really find anything that, um, resembled that so I was just like well I've never been someone who watches movies and so um yeah I was just like well I've never seen like any of these movies that people always talk about 
So I literally just like looked at the, I think it was the IMDb. I did a mixture of things where I was like finding the top movies of all time. And, you know, I had like other things that I would do throughout the day, but I had like scheduled time where I would try to watch these movies that everyone has seen before, you know, <laughs> yeah. to feel like I was like caught up to speed on what everyone was doing. But literally my day. Yeah. Like every single day of time between uh, like being done with rotations and starting residency, like I still scheduled out and I'm like, Joe, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> or, you know, most days, not every day, but it's like, just give yourself mm. a goddamn mm. break. <laughs> yeah, it's man. tough to do. And, and, and I had um, other weird thoughts like that too, where like in college, I was definitely one of those people who like, I, I basically like went to class I went to cross country or track practice. We ate dinner as a team and then I would get back and I would study for the rest of the night. And that was just like basically from high school mm -hmm. through second year of med school, that was my existence. And then like third year and fourth year, a little less so, but then like, especially hitting residency and just being like, I have no tests to study for. I have no mm -hmm. homework. And just like watching TV shows with Clara or whatever is just such a weird, I, I feel like I'm getting used to it now, but like, it's just such a weird concept. Cause you're just like, I need to be, I need to be doing something. You know, I have to be like getting my homework done. I need to be studying this next thing. And like, I don't, it, I don't think you can do that for your whole yeah. life. No. Right. Well, the, well, what do you do as far as like your continuing ed stuff and like your in-service exams, do you like schedule out? that studying or have you loosened up with that stuff i've definitely loosened up and like our ite stuff so in training in in ite something training exam mm -hmm. you have them once a year in family medicine i assume it's once a year for everyone else um and like i basically did anki flashcards of just the prior year's tests is what is the way that mm -hmm. i've done it but I, it's not really like our scores don't mm -hmm. really mean much. Um, whereas I know for like surgery, they can mean more or like dermatology or other specialties, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's not something that I really stress about at all, but I keep up on like CME stuff by, I listen to podcasts like crazy just cause mm -hmm. I enjoy them. Oh, um, you get CME for that? No, but just like, I mean, so they're actually with internal medicine. So let me backtrack. CME essentially isn't a thing in residency until you're an attending where you actually have to accrue CME points. Gotcha. Um, but there are now internal medicine podcasts where you can get CME just from listening to the episode. Oh. Um, the Curbsiders and um, another one about like the history of medicine, essentially. Mm. Um, but anyway, I keep up on what you would call just like CME stuff to stay up to date. I listen to podcasts and then I have been really diligent about their, like the AAFP or the AFP comes out with a, a journal every 15 days. So on the first and the 15th of the month. Um, and I've just since starting residency, I've been like really strict about reading that. And so. Yeah. Those are kind of my, like my two my two realms of staying up to date, and as long as I'm getting that done, like in my in my mind, that's enough mm -hmm. for me, you know. Yeah. And then obviously every patient is a learning opportunity too. For sure, Especially I mean, family like so diverse. Right. Yeah, you can't. I mean, like that's what residency is. You're you're just learning on the job every day. So sometimes I'm like, why would I go home and like read more about some mm -hmm. esoteric thing if I just spent the whole day essentially studying, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. That's true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Joe, it sounds it sounds like you have a system down, you know, that has satisfied um, your interest and like kind of the criteria you have for continued learning through medicine. And I feel like those mm -hmm. expectations are very reasonable. Like to read those AFP briefs or whatever, um, mm -hmm. two times a month. Uh, um, can't remember the right. frequency you said. And then, yeah, um, nope, that's right. Uh, just, you know, learning from your patients and listening to podcasts. I feel like that's, that's very doable. Um, but it's interesting, the idea of like the structure of a system versus 
what do you do when like do we should we always need to create structure i think that's uh, that's something that i've been kind of debating myself is right i i, I and i don't yeah yeah I, uh, I i don't know the answer to that either um it yeah i i think it's it's tough to say for sure i will say one thing that i think helps me a little bit and i know that you brought this up as something that you wanted to chat about but actually being on so i take lexapro i don't know if you've if you've heard me mention that before mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um that because i i think i had some especially in college and high school very much similar like ocd tendencies where like i had to do same like things the same all the time i'd structure everything out and like yeah like you're i think kind of like you're saying not full blown like ocd but a lot of tendencies like that and yeah. once i started taking lexapro those kind of went away mm. and so granted i still not, not totally gone away like that's still my being but um some of those more like regimented like eight to from eight to nine a.m i will do this from nine to ten i will do this some of that stuff has gone away and i and I think since like starting meditating too, and like trying to be more go with the flow, um, that that's helped a lot too. Hmm. And like Brian can probably speak mm -hmm. to this as well, but like being married, um, I think has been a huge piece of that as well, because yeah. like this is, I'm not trying to like sound bad by saying this, but sometimes like the thing that, you wanted to do at that minute or like that structured thing that you have in mind that can change based on what your partner wants to do. And you right. know that too, having a, a significant other. And so just having to be flexible with that, I, I think that's been a big piece for me as well. Nora's sitting right next to me and she's got a big smile on her face and she's nodding her head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would, yeah, I would totally echo that because Again, nor will, nor will appreciate this. In, in college, when I was not medicated, and I was very tense and regimented, I, like, Nora was different. Like, we'd study together, and Nora would be like, uh, she would be like, oh, there's, there's a bird. There's a shiny thing. Oh, let's go to the, let's go to the camp and get some cookies. <laughs> and I would always be like, no, no, I, I'm going to the calf when I'm done with this. I'm going to the calf at, at 5 o'clock yep. and just, like, without fail or any flexibility. And oh, I think I'm better at it now, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to break. No, I, I, I had better yeah. at it as it was. But the, med yeah, the medicine definitely helped and once you have a little bit of the edge taken off, it uh, it's easier to be more lax and go with the flow and be less regimented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Danny, is there, yeah. I, I was just going to ask, is there something like, as far as starting medications go, are there questions that you've had about starting them, about taking them? Is that something that you've wondered about? Yeah. I, you know, the well, I guess the first time I started, I'll go from the therapy standpoint and how I kind of thought of that, taking medications. I, I started my first therapy that I did was in high school um, for OCD. And that like kind of helped a little bit. I had never thought at the time that I would need medications and I was probably horrified of them at the time. Yeah. I did uh, kind of like more supportive psychotherapy in uh, college, just kind of talk therapy. Um, and at the time, again, I was like, I was dealing with, I was doing the same things. Like I had a lot of structure. I would be, um, uh, it would give me a lot of anxiety to go away from routine and I wasn't very flexible and I'm feeling that more in medical school. And, um, I had always gone to therapy and that has helped me like, uh, significantly to the point where I, I feel more leveled, but, um, I, I, I'm doing therapy right now and it's kind of like acceptance and commitment format therapy different than what I've done in the past, which is more cognitive behavioral based, um, which required me doing more like action based things to help me. Um, but I'm feeling that I just, it's that edge that I am interested in taking off. And I, I know that medication is not going to be the solve all my problems, but I'm right. interested to see that like, especially being in a relationship too, 
the idea of flexibility is so important. And um, mm-hmm. there are just some times where like going against what my, what my routine, what I thought my routine was going to be like yeah. not being able to do a workout, um, uh, you know, not being able to work on my stuff for as long as I had hoped, like would give me a significant amount of anxiety that was way out of proportion to the situation. And, um, so that's why I'm interested in it, but I, I'm, I have to say I'm a little bit worried about starting something because of the idea of like, uh, maybe this is rational or irrational, but the idea of like dependence on a medication for your, right. For a psychiatric problem. I feel like, Um, but I don't, but this is, this is, I don't know who posed it this way to me, or maybe, maybe I posed it to someone else like this, but like if, if, uh, so you're going you're going to IM, right? So one of your yeah, yeah you have yeah. you have someone who comes in and their blood pressure is not controlled. How is giving them an antihypertensive any different than prescribing someone mood yeah. medicines to help their mood? How is that any right. less of right. being dependent on the medicine? Yeah, that's a great point. It has a and, uh, I feel like that surrounds it, which is why that thought and issue is there. It's not like people are stigmatized because treat their cholesterol right. or their hypertension right right exactly yeah yeah and for me i've always seen it as something of like it i if my body like if i feel better when i'm taking it and i'm living uh like a healthier life for me then i'm gonna continue to take it and i mean the nice thing about it is i can always reassess and see if i still feel like i need it to be helpful in my life Hmm. um and i mean there's some crazy statistic and i forget it already but it's like the number of like the percentage of residents who are on an ssri and then in their first year of attending hood like the, the the percentage that actually drop off and stop taking them just because they feel like their stress levels have decreased is like, it's like a crazy amount. So I, I, I think that's important to keep in mind that like, it's always something that you should be reevaluating. And like, like if you're going to use Brian's like antihypertensive, say like, say the main reason you're hypertensive was just you know like overweight say you then lost a bunch of weight well now i'm reevaluating my need for a medication so it's kind of like the same thing for an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety it's just like evaluating the amount of stress you're having in your life and yeah i've definitely gone from like 20 milligrams of lexapro down to now i'm on five so it's just like i've Hmm. always evaluated my need for that current dose and have gone up or down depending on if I need it more, you know? That is a, that's an interesting statistic. Another way to think about it too is what percentage of your classmates do you think are medicated? I would venture that 40 to 50% of medical students are on, on something. Yeah. yeah. I think legal, it is something legal or realm. illegal. <laughs> It helps to <laughs> helps to normalize it like that. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But right, sure. right. Well, and that's yeah. And we, I think we've said this with any guests that we've had on. I mean, that's really the main point of why we started this is just to just to show other people like this is super normal. And you know, like the three hosts of the podcast all take uh, an SSRI, you know, a quote unquote antidepressant. Right. right. So, but you, I mean, until you, because it takes a lot to open up about it and so it's very brave of you to come on and share your story but so so broadly and publicly but even like to just reach out to friends and stuff it takes a lot and if you don't do that then you just feel like you're on an island and then you just torture yourself and you're like i'm the only one right. and there's something wrong with yeah. me yeah, weak blah 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 mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you can just cycle very very easily yeah mm-hmm yeah, and I, I don't think we're here to convince you to, you know, start a medication. It's just, it, I think it'd be nice to know just kind of like what, how we got to that point, which is I'm, what I'm sure you're you're hoping to hear a little bit about. Yeah, no, totally. That's, uh, yeah, that's very helpful to hear. For me, it got to the point where um, I essentially couldn't go throughout my day without, um having like this high, extremely high level of anxiety. 
And I just made, I was on my, I, I distinctly remember I was on my dermatology rotation third year and I was like presenting in front of an attending and it was just three people, me, a resident and an attending. And my anxiety was so high that I like almost had a breakdown at that point, like right there, um, just like on this rotation. And I made the decision that day. I was like, that's it. I'm, I, I'm starting a medication. Cause like, I need something yeah. to reel me back a little bit and then I can work on other stuff, but just like therapy on its own, wasn't doing it for me yeah. at that specific point in time. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I needed to start it then. And for me, the effects of like, it's like, I can, I could probably think of a better word, but like the sedation effect or just like kind of like calming me down. That was the immediate thing for me. Granted, like other stuff took a couple weeks more to kick in, but I was just amazed at like most nights I was lying awake in bed, just super high anxiety, unable to fall asleep. And like the first night or two on the, on taking Lexapro, I just felt mm. so much more calm and like I could sleep, <laughs> but that's what, it, that's, that's what got me to start taking one in the first place. I, yeah. I don't, I don't have that, that feeling anymore. You know, that like chest tightness or the, whatever, like the, when you're anxious and you just feel like, tight inside and like you're internally like curled into a ball mm -hmm. i can't even remember what that feels like yep. actually which is yep. a good thing except Not when I, when i don't take my medicine then i rebound then i remember what it feels like mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's you know i i want to ask another question too being that everyone here is in a relationship has there been times or have you felt that before medication um, that that has taken a toll on um, relationship issues too, either with your significant other or your family, um, friends, things like that? Like being more anxious and it affecting your relationship, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that, whatever the consequence may be. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah definitely being less flexible with mm -hmm. what um but she mm -hmm. was always very understanding which was nice <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah yeah i felt like it kept me from like seeing friends too because like for me it just got to the point where that's all i could think about was how anxious i was and so i would um I just like wouldn't see people. There was a point, I mean, there was a point in time where I, it was just so bad that I just felt like I couldn't socialize like I did mm -hmm. even at the beginning of med school. Um, and so I feel like it took, it took a toll there. Um, Clara and I lived like she was down in college for most of med school for me. So, I mean, that was like, she was busy and I was busy. So I think if we had been living together, it would have, you would, we would have definitely seen, I mean, it would have yeah. been yeah. a different story. Go rob the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a question for you, Danny, like yeah. backtracking a little bit. So like the, all this free, free time has been thrust upon you. What, yeah. what about it makes it like, tough to just kind of relax and i'm sure people have told you to just enjoy this time for residency like is it right. guilt is it like anxious nerves and anxiety about the future that you can't really prepare for mm. I what think... is it because i'm sure a lot of people are feeling that right now yeah i reflected on this a while ago and it actually kind of ties in with the relationship question i was getting at because i think during this time um uh, my girlfriend has noticed that I've become more irritable and that uh, there just hasn't been as much of the, the relaxed time that we've been having together, um, which is why I say that it has had an effect on that. And I think part of the, the reason is like maybe one unconscious because I'm nervous about like the responsibility coming up with residency, even if I'm not expressly mm -hmm. like communicating that to myself. Um, I'm nervous about, like the shift going from absolutely nothing now to having like, and when I say structure in my day, <laughs> literally my structure is like wait in the day until I can bike 
on my trainer. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. Like, I'll do some things for my residency, mm-hmm. like fill out some paperwork, but tasks that would take me, like, like on a normal, like, if even if I was on, a, like, a busy rotation, I would be able to get done, like, in a night. Have, like, take me a week to a week and a half just to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, like, those mm-hmm. short tasks that drag out over a long time. Um, like, I get lost, and, like, sometimes I'll just look up YouTube videos, and I'll start, like, I'll just go on this hour train of, like, looking up random YouTube videos, I'll be like, how did I end up here? Like, why am I watching this stupid YouTube video? Mm-hmm. Have you, what have you been, you've been watching? Out of curiosity, just uh, a lot. Of, people are gonna think I'm just <laughs> but pretty much strictly cycling videos. <laughs> and I'll be watching videos, and like, this is pertinent. I I recently got carbon wheels that Sam was talking about uh, at the beginning of the podcast. I got these new carbon wheels and the idea for the non-cyclists out there, which is probably every single person out there. (laughs) um, They are uh, carbon wheels are like lighter. um, They're stiffer, meaning that like you can put more power into the bike and they're more aerodynamic, um, which is like for the average cyclist, it doesn't like none of this matters for even like, even for me, like it, it doesn't, really matter even though cycling is my <laughs> premier hobby it just looks cool on the bike and it yes. feels great yes and it has a really nice sound to it when you bike um but yeah. they are so damn expensive these wheels and yeah i spent so long finding the best possible value carbon wheel set <laughs> i could find and i think for my budget i got the best in the world i can sincerely believe that I got the best carbon wheels for the whatever hundreds of dollars that I spent in the world because I spent like 50 hours researching <laughs> and I would sit like and my my girlfriend and her sister and my brother will give me shit about this too is I would like say all right I'm not going to look up carbon wheels I'm going to take a break from looking up these wheels and I'll sit at the table and then I'll have a tab open from last night. I'm like, oh, I really wanted to look at this. And it's like the engineering website of Mavic. It's like a wheel company. And it goes into like how um, like millimeter differences in the wheel width makes an effect on aerodynamic dynamic drag and stuff like this. So after this research, I know like I could talk carbon wheels probably with wheel manufacturers. I don't think I needed to do that. But I have this thing with needing to have like the best possible value thing mm. ever. And if I don't get it having like anxiety uh, that I like, Oh man, I wasted 50 bucks on these wheels that aren't quite as good. Right. Or like, do you think that was instilled by your parents? I think so. I, I do think so. Um, my, my dad is like this very much so. And he will spend, He's the kind of guy who returns Christmas presents because he's like, I know I've researched this before. This is not the best possible thing I can get. (laughs) And my family accepts that. Um, But uh, yeah, it drives my mom crazy sometimes, but I think I get it from him. That's, that's kind of also an OCD thing I've noticed too. It's just like, sometimes it's okay to just like look up something, decide it's good enough and just go with it. Yeah, Uh, definitely. So uh, I think I, the values that come through there for me are like wanting to be secure, like safe with my purchase and like make sure I'm like spending responsibly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Do you feel like too, I mean, there's something to be said for sure about this being COVID obviously. And I think that makes this a lot worse for us. Right. I mean, for everyone, obviously, but in this time, if like, if we were able to do what we wanted to, you and I would be riding together in person and like, we would be seeing our friends and like using this free time that we have to actually do fun things. And now we're just forced to do nothing. And I know a lot of people are envious of that, but it's, it's just like, it's really interesting how that leads to a whole different set of problems. Yeah. Um, And I think part of it for me that I felt in the last few weeks, I know like, my sleep has been a lot less regimented. Like, you know, I'll go to bed at 1am on one night and sleep till 10, 11am the next day. Mm -hmm. And then other nights I'll go to sleep at 10 and wake up at seven. You know, it's just like, there's not much pattern to it. 
Um, I think that's one mm-hmm. big thing. And um, two, yeah, just like when we say structure in a day, just like simple stuff like having an alarm in the morning. Like, yeah, I can get still get eight, nine hours of sleep, but just set an alarm and like start mm-hmm. the day off without sleeping in like an hour and a half later than I was Mm -hmm. supposed to Mm -hmm. like starting with an alarm and then Mm -hmm. in the morning, just like thinking about the things I have to do today and making a a rough sort of schedule of what that might look like. If it changes along the way, I have to be flexible, which as we've discussed, it's Mm -hmm. not uh, a trait that many of us have in medical school. (laughs) Um, So has that, uh, Oh, sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, go ahead, Brian. Well, I was just wondering. I was if, getting off on a tangent anyway. If Danny's had, have you had a resolution? Have you come full circle and found some coping mechanisms? Hmm. Good question. Um, you know, interestingly, the like I told you guys that the last rotation I had was ended in the end of February, and like the week after that was great, and then for like the first part of it, that was when the anxiety hit. Like, oh no, I don't know what to do. Um, Mm, but I think mm -hmm. I've become more comfortable with, uh, um, I think my coping mechanism has been finding new structure in the day. Um, and my routine in the day is I I actually wake up pretty early because Eden, my girlfriend is in law school and she's doing her finals and stuff like that. She wakes up early to study. So I kind of wake up like 30 minutes to an hour after her, usually like six 30 or seven. So I'll wake up, like have breakfast, um, do some of the residency stuff I need to, or read in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll like um, do whatever that will be usually when I look up my YouTube videos <laughs> and stuff like that. And then <laughs> I just wait until like three or four o'clock or whatever time in the evening that I get on my bike and then I have dinner and I go hang out with my girlfriend again and go to bed. And yeah. like that new routine mm-hmm. is like what my capacity has grown to in the day. And like it's much like I'm tempted to think of it as less than what yeah. I was doing before but I think it's like I'm trying to reframe my mind to not think that like for example going grocery shopping is not like a task like in medical school I would think like all right I need to go grocery shopping for 30 minutes right and like that is going to be considered my mm-hmm. waste of time thing like, right no it's not a waste of time like that is like yeah. literally you are buying food to like energize your body for literally every single task you do so like, yeah. that should be one of the most important things you do in the week right, right? um so reprioritizing sure. tasks i think has, has helped as well nice and giving different importance to them than you used to yeah nice any other sort of trying to wrap up a little bit any other strategies that anyone else or danny too has been incorporating like joe you mentioned more meditation yeah, meditating. I've definitely been um, uh, nights that I'm not on call, um, working overnight. I've been right before bed doing just a ten minute meditation, mm-hmm. just to kind of center, and um, it just really helps me relax, especially before bed. That's not the only reason I'm doing it, but because I feel like it helps me out throughout the day too, just to let things that would normally annoy me just kind of pass by. And so, I know it's one of those things that it just takes time and you have to practice it every day, just like anything else that you want to be good at. So it's just something that I've decided that I want to be good at, you know? And so got to do it every day. What about you, Bri? Anything? Uh, I've touched on a lot of stuff. Um, Yeah, that's true. Our kitties are always a source of inspiration. Um, Nice. They're so good at uh, being in the moment, like animals. (laughs) Right. They consist of finding different spots to nap. Right. Um, but uh yeah we've been taking them outside i don't know if you can call it a walk since they're not on a leash or anything but we just we just supervise them and Mm -hmm. watch them eat grass and bark and (laughs) that's awesome look at the birds (laughs) (laughs) nice it's fun to watch them really enjoy it yeah Yeah. that's nice there's a like a tactile thing about animals too right i mean it's kind of like a stress ball you're just kind of Petting away your stress. Yep. Yeah. Anyone making bread out there? We nice. literally just made bread yeah. yesterday. Nice sourdough. We're thinking oh, about. Awesome. We made a wheat loaf. We're thinking about doing sourdough. Yeah. Nice. nice. It's right. Worth it. Well, uh, good. good tips. 
good uh, conversation. We're going to wrap up just for the sake of everyone's time. We all got different different things to get to tonight. So, um, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show, man, and sharing uh, yeah, Danny. your experiences mm-hmm. and especially as of late what you've been feeling. Um, it's good to get other voices on the pod all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, nice to meet all you. Right. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, have a good night, wait, everyone wait, else. Wait, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Thanks, Bry. Joe, I swear to God, if you don't... <laughs> I actually did. I actually did think of one, and it's it might it might sound a little bit cheesy, and it's not really like a... I, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I, I have always liked the saying, it takes a village, and I think that um, that's going to be not kind of my new sign-off thing, just kind of as a centering piece to... Just as a reminder that it's very easy to think of ourselves as as riding this thing out solo, but we have people around us always willing yeah. to help. You nice. just gotta ask. That's a good one. Beautiful. Definitely. It took him eight episodes, but he got there. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, yours. Uh, keep grinding, everyone. Keep grinding. <laughs> and I got look around. Look around. Look around. Mm. We're putting you on yeah. the spot, Danny. So Wonderful. no pressure. Oh. You don't have to. You don't have to do it. You don't have. It's to okay. Do it. I couldn't <laughs> think of anything for eight episodes. So, you know, I I think uh, uh, mine probably goes along with Joe's, and I, I, um, maybe actually I, I'm going to do this in the form of a book recommendation. Mm. I, I know that's not what the goal is. Here, but <laughs> that we love it. <laughs> um, I'm reading this book called The Second Mountain by David Brooks, and. It is wonderfully written. It's this New York Times journalist uh, who has taken the time and research to write a book about people who um, find joy, uh, specifically joy, um, even later in life. And the idea is that we have uh, one mountain that we're crossing that is like what we think we want to do in life. So whatever it may be, oh, finishing medical school, like being a cardiothoracic surgeon or whatever, like high goal. And then there's the second mountain of like, oh, actually, I want to like, I want to work back in my hometown and take care of my community back there. And that's what really gives me joy. Um, and it's not, it, it's more than kind of one of those self-help books. And I think it's just riddled with wonderful quotes and uh, anecdotes. Uh, and that has been really centering for me. So check out that book, Second Mountain by David Brooks. Nice. I will. For sure. Wonderful. Good. Awesome. All right. Thanks for signing on folks. We will leave you to the rest of your evening until next- or whatever time of day it is. <laughs> All right. Sign off. Peace. Hey, y'all. It's Sam again. Just one more thing. I keep forgetting to shout out uh, the sample that we have at the beginning and the end of the podcast week after week. So I thought I'd just add a little bit on the end here. Um, this sample is from a song called Bite the Bit by... A band called Honey Butter, um, which coincidentally was started by Joe's wife, Clara. Um, It's her and two other blokes. So um, go give them some love. Search Honey Butter, one word, on Spotify, Apple. I think they're on really any any place you get your music from. I think last time I checked, their their top song had like almost 300,000 views on Spotify. So... They're big time. Go check them out, and I'll leave you with uh, the the full bite the bit song after this. Your mom does that. Yeah, she does.
Disappear 